This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. I'm preaching out of the Psalms. We're picking up where we left off last year with this thought, an autumn breeze in the Psalms. I'd like for you to turn your Bibles to Psalms 107. While you're turning, I've had so many wonderful counseling sessions last week. And I've seen how God has moved in many different ways in, in a lot of people's lives. And what an incredible experience uh, that is to, uh, to see the fruit of those sessions. And when we get into this study, an autumn breeze in the Psalms, I, I, I'm so moved with this thing that I experienced last week with a lot of you in my office talking about some necessary things, uh, that in, in such a way that God has shown me that this series, this entire series, is like a counseling session all in itself. And so I, I'm rejoicing because God has pulled us together for such a time as this, where this is not pulpit-pounding, Bible-thumping sermons. This is a teaching experience. This year, as we travel through the Psalms in the fall, and it's sort of like a counseling session for us all. And my heart has been refreshed because I can see God has used me to help a lot of people last week, during the week, but I rejoice in the fact that there are so many of us in here today that I think can benefit from some counseling as well. And that's where I want to go with this. The Psalms is so beautiful. Rhea led us in praise and worship just a few minutes ago. He's the great shepherd. And I was listening to a testimonial this week about a pastor who was coming to the end of his ministry and he was well in age and he was old and he was feeble. His Bible was tattered and torn and he was having a retirement celebration with his congregation and it was going to be the transfer of the mantle, so to speak, where a younger man was coming in to be the pastor and uh, this elderly pastor was of stepping back into the shadows. And as they got close to the end of the celebration, the old feeble pastor spoke up and said to the young pastor coming in, he called him pastor. He said, Pastor, he said, as we close this service, I would like nothing more than to hear you quote the 23rd Psalm. And the young pastor stepped up and he said, well, I'll quote it. If when I finish, you stand and quote it. And the old preacher said, yeah, I'll do that. And so the young preacher stood up and he began to quote it. The Lord is my shepherd. And he had his youth and he had his zeal and he had his charisma and he had all of the things necessary to put into that quotation of the 23rd Psalm. And when he had finished, he turned to the pastor who was making this transition, old and feeble, and he said, now, sweet pastor, would you stand and quote it? And he said yes, and he needed a little help coming out of his chair. And he laid his Bible down on the table where they had a wonderful meal. And he began to say these words, the Lord... And when he got to that part, the Lord, he pulled out his handkerchief and he just started to weep. He struggled for a little bit, got himself together and said, here's my shepherd. And he broke down again. He blew his nose and he dried his eyes. It seemed like it took him forever, but he finally got through it. When it was all over with, Two or three that, and every congregation has them, 
But two or three went to the younger pastor and said, boy, in his day, he could surely quote it well. But old and feeble, he has a hard time with it now. And the young pastor said this, oh, I can quote it. He said, I know the psalm. But that man knows the shepherd. That man knows the shepherd. That's a big difference. And so this whole teaching opportunity for us, as we're all in a counseling session together, I pray that when it's all said and done, that we will all know the shepherd. So I want us to look this morning at this passage because I am preaching on Psalms 107, verse 23 through 29. And I've entitled this message today, When God Sends the Storm. I want us to think about this. When God sends the storm in Psalms 107, beginning in verse number 23, they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders of the deep. Now, I want you to understand here, the psalmist is going to illustrate with these words that this is not in the conclusion, going to be talking about a physical billow of water. But it's talking about the storms of life. In verse 25, For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distress. He maketh the storm calm so that the waves thereof are still. Now, I want us to notice a couple of other verses we've just read. Let's go back to verse 25 through 27, and I want to point out some things for you today, and I hope you have your outline, and I hope that you're following along with us today because this is a teaching series, and I pray that I can help you in the season of my life, I hope I can help you with some spiritual admonition this morning, some pastoral guidance and things to ponder. In verse number 25 again, let's look at this in Psalms 107. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. And so this morning, I want to speak on this subject, when God sends the storm. I want you to notice some key words here. Underline them in your Bible or make notations about them on the bulletin. I think if you'll go back when you're at home during the week sometime and refresh yourself with this, I perhaps I believe that uh, you will be blessed again. But I want to notice some key words. In, in verse number 25, let's notice, I'll go back to this in just a minute, um, to the first part of it, but I want you to notice in verse 25, the word or words, stormy wind. Underline that in verse 25. Because the psalmist in this text, he's describing personal sorrows. Again, this has, this is not talking about an actual sea. This is talking about the sorrows of life. And he's describing that a time when the storms of life had been so overwhelming and so sorrowful 
where they were interrupting the normalities of the day, causing great stress. In verse 25, it also says, lifted up the waves. And this is talking about, again, the upheaval in life where it begins to shake the very foundation of their world. And then in verse number 26, notice this, the degree that the storm was taking. It was taking a serious toll on life because the psalmist says, as high as heaven. Think about this. My troubles went as high as heaven and they went down into the depths. I don't know. Let me ask this question. Has anybody ever been out on the water? You've been out on a boat and without even thinking about the possibilities of being seasick, you didn't give it a second thought, but you got there on the water and the boat was rocking and eventually that's what happened. I will tell you, when you get seasick, there's really nothing you can do about it. I mean, you're going to be in that way until your feet get back on the ground. You can take every kind of pill over the counter. You can try to knock yourself out. You can get down into the bow of the ship and try to sleep if there's a room or a place. But I guarantee you, until your feet get back on the ground, you're going to be sick. So think about this. Have you ever been in a situation like that? You know what I'm talking about. But when your life, as you travel down life's road, you feel, you say, Pastor, if I could pick a text this morning that describes the condition or the place where I am in life right now, it would be this very text. Because that's exactly what I'm feeling like. I'm feeling like my life is in a stormy wind. I feel like that I'm caught up in the riptide, the waves of life. I feel like that they are at so distressed to where it's lifting me up, it's taking me down, it's lifting me up, it's taking me down. I just feel like my soul is spinning. But then in verse 26, the psalmist writes something else. He says, and then their soul is described as melting, melting because of trouble. In verse 27, he expresses how bad they're shaken. He said, life is so turned upside down that not only are the billows rolling and things erupting in my life and things are going up and down. And he said, I am shaken. He said, and it leaves me walking as if I'm a drunk man, staggering. Now you think about it, that's, that's pretty overwhelming. And in verse 28, he says this, and they cried out unto the Lord. So you get the idea that without question, this was a most upsetting moment in the psalmist's life. And in all of this havoc, I believe that it is possible to miss the most important words in this entire text. Now we get it. I don't think that I could describe to you any more better what the psalmist was feeling as a result of all of this commotion up and down and things swelling around him, leaving him staggering, walking like a, a drunken man. I don't believe I could describe that anymore better for you. But I think if we don't get the most important words, two important words in this text, we'll miss the whole point. And it goes back to verse 25. And notice this. For he. Underline the word he. Because that's talking about God. For he commandeth. So it was God that was commanding the storm to come into the psalmist's life. God was commanding. God was orchestrating that. And this verse makes it very clear that sometimes behind the power of the wind in our life, behind the power of the rains in our life, behind the power of the turbulences in our life, the disrupting moments in our life, behind all of that is indeed the great power of God. 
think with me. It's not always the devil. You have to think through this. The Bible says in this text that it was God who was commanding the storm. Now, I'm confident, and I, and I think that you will agree that without question, when it comes to the storms in our life, the disruptions in our life, the things that make us weep, things that make us worry and stress, when we get to those moments in life, maybe it's a season in life, Maybe it's not just that you're having an overwhelming day or maybe not an overwhelming couple of days. Maybe it goes far beyond having a bad week. Maybe you're in the season of life right now where it feels like nothing is working out. Nothing is going right. You're up and down, tossed to and fro. Things seem to be over your head. It's taking you up and down and things are swirling all around you. And listen, I think we're more comfortable, all of us would agree, We are more comfortable when God is stilling the storms instead of sending the storms. Right? I mean, that would be logical for all of us. But we have to get this great spiritual truth, and it's a principle that I want to teach in this entire series of an autumn breeze in the Psalms, and that is this. That in everything God does or in everything that God allows in our life as his children, he always has our best in his interest. Always. And so without question, I I believe that's a difficult thing to embrace, but it's the truth because we don't want to ever give things time We don't ever want to give God the time that he needs to to work in our lives and mold us and make us. And so from time to time, we have to remember this, that just as God allows mountaintop experiences in our life. Do you remember on the Mount of Transfiguration that Peter, James, and John, they were having such a wonderful, wonderful experience with, with the Lord, and they said, man, this is great. Oh my goodness, we got to chill. We're stoked here, Lord. This is where it's happening. In fact, Lord, this would be great. Let's just build three tabernacles here. And the Lord said, no, this is not where you need to stay. I still have work for you. And it's down in the valley. And don't you know, this? as soon as they got down there, trouble started all over again. So here's the thing that I want you to remember. A great principle And that is this, from time to time, just as God is gracious and good in our minds by sending these beautiful seasons in life, mountaintop experiences from time to time, he includes storms in our life, but he does it with a plan and a purpose. We've got to get that. Sometimes I think we we don't really want to develop a lot of time, we don't want to spend a lot of time developing those truths, but it is. Don't isolate this. Without question, there are things that we allow in our lives. Listen to me, church. And I hope those of you that are watching at home, you get this truth. Listen, there are times when we do things that create the storms in our life. Jonah did the same thing. And in many cases, we can identify that that the storms that we're going through is our own fault. And we have to remember that, yes, we're going to reap what we sow. It's like the prodigal son. He made those bad choices and he got himself in the hog pen. But this morning, we're not talking about self-inflicted storms. When you study the life of Jonah, that was a self-inflicted storm. We're not talking about times when the devil is dragging us across the hot coals of life. We're talking today about storms that are brought about by God's personal intervention in our life. We don't want to look at it like God's intervening, but we're talking about storms where God personally intervenes in our lives. And I can assure you that every storm that God sends, commands, or brings into our life It's not always, get this now, it's not always to chastise us. 
Now, God knows how to do that. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. But listen carefully. Not every storm that God allows in our life is designed for chastisement. Now, if we, if we grasp that and wrap ourselves around it, uh, that's, that's wonderful. A lot of times when God sends the storm in our life, consider this. It's a loving act of divine kindness. Now, yeah, we, we don't get that. We, can, we cannot wrap ourselves around that. But listen, God is, when he brings these things, when he commands these storms in our life, it's not always to punish us. Many times, it's to help us. Now, we rarely see that, but I think it's something that we should always consider it. I mean, Job, the great servant of God, he discovered that truth. In fact, I want you to see this in Job chapter 23 and verse number 10. The Bible says this, but he, God, knoweth the way that I take. Look at this. When he hath tried me, when he has commanded the storms to come into my life, when he has allowed the billows of life to take me up, to bring me down, to swirl over my head, when he hath tried me, he said, when it's all said and done, he said, I shall come forth as gold. Job found out that in his storms that God knew what was best for him, no matter how painful they were. He knew that God was in control and was making him a better person in the process. And I hope that we grasp this truth today. There's another great passage in Psalm that shares a broader light on this, and that's Psalm 66 and verse number 11 and 12. It says, Thou broughtest us, you God, you brought us into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. When we went through the fire and through the water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place or into a better place. And the psalmist is saying here that it took a bad spot to get these folks into a better spot. And that's what God will do at times with our life. I can personally identify with that. I think there are many people here that can identify with that. The problem is that we never look at it this way, and we do not want to give God the sufficient divine time to work with us. We want to rush him. We want it all over with. We don't want to wait upon the Lord. Now, this morning, I want us to pull up a little closer and personalize this. And I want you to ask yourself this question today. If it is true that you are going through a season in your life where you felt like in Psalms 107 that your, your life is like on a storm-tossed sea. You're being tossed to and fro. You're up and down. Things are swirling over your head. Listen, if that's the season that you may find yourself in today, and you're asking, why is God sending this into my life? I want you to consider the fact that, okay, I hear you, preacher. God doesn't necessarily send every storm into my life to condemn me. Or God doesn't necessarily send every storm in my life to punish me. Let's say you're doing everything right. Now, you cannot live a perfect life any more than I can live a perfect life. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means this, that no matter what, I don't care if you were a monk, you lived in a cave, you didn't have internet, cable TV, you didn't have CDs. You, say say you, were, you were living in a hibernated state, you were in a cave all by yourself. Listen. Without the cross and the blood and the resurrection, we would still die and go to hell. Because everybody sins according to the word of God. We're born sinners. That's what separates us. Well, say, but you're pleasing God. The best way you know how every day, you're trying to read a few verses, trying to say a few prayers. 
You're paying your tithes. You're serving the Lord. You're doing everything you know to do. You're pleasing him in every way. And you're still wondering, God, why? Listen now, why are you sending them? Why are you allowing this? Listen, it's because this is the answer you may need today. It's because that God wants to draw you closer to him. And you say, through a storm? Through, through an upheavalness? God, God wants to draw me closer? It, it ain't working, preacher. That, that's not, that's not my reaction to everything that's happening around me. Well, there are a few simple things about the storms in your life that I want to share with you today. Number one, look at it quickly, and that is this. Always learn how to pray in the storm. And when you, when you read that on a surface, I get it. You might say, preacher, that, that's so elementary, man. You, you need to be preaching that in children's church. You, you need to be teaching that somewhere else, not, not in here. That's too simple. Well, let me remind you first of something. Jeremiah 33, 3, what does the word say? Call on me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 16, the word tells us that we have an invitation to come boldly to the throne of grace. So we know that God is welcoming us to pray. But a lot of times, a lot of situations, unfortunately, prayer is the last thing that we resort to when we have these things happening in our lives. Listen to this. God may allow a storm in your life to cause you to pray. Now listen. Most of the time, when you pray, what are you praying for? Most of the time when you pray, what do you say? Now, some of you may have a robotic prayer, mechanical prayer. God's not interested in vain repetition. But listen, um, may, maybe you say, God bless the missionaries. Now, let me tell you something that will strengthen that that kind of prayer. Instead of saying, God bless the missionaries, what you need to say is, God bless the Browns. God bless the Browders. God bless the Smiths. And, and personalize it. But sometimes we might get into such a robotic prayer that we're saying, God bless this, God bless this. And then God, I need you to do this, this, and this. This is your to-do list today, God. I want you to remember something. It, you you need to show up at 10 o'clock because I got to deal with this thing. And God, I need you to get there 15 minutes early. I need, God, you to do this yesterday. So this, that, and the other, this is at 10. And then you're telling God at 12 o'clock, listen, you know what else I got to do? At 3.30, Lord, you know I got this and that to do. But listen, when I say that you need to learn how to pray in your storm... God may be sending a storm in your life to turn that thing all the way around and go about it totally different. God may be saying, hey, you haven't had too much time for me lately. You've given me all these things to do and you've given me all these things that you want and you're rushing here and there, you're going everywhere and he's saying, you've become too confident in yourself Without me, you've been doing all of these things. Now you got yourself too busy. Now you're going about it another way. And he may be saying, hey, I've got something very important I need to talk to you about. And I want us to find some time together. And because of all of your busyness and all of your Jesus do this stuff, God may be saying, hey, I'm going to interrupt all of that. I'm going to send a storm in your life. Not because I want to chastise you. Not because I want to punish you. God may be saying, I'm going to send a storm into your life so that I can talk to you. Because a lot of times, and I'm not saying it's wrong to talk to him. Call upon me and I will answer thee. Come boldly to the throne. We, we get it. 
God has said, talk to me. But listen, sometimes God just wants to shut the thing down so that we will stop so he can talk to us. And the door to that vehicle is is prayer, not selfish prayer, but to pray. And here's another great spiritual truth that... Because you have to remember something, that God never takes pleasure in causing pain in any of our lives. But he knows sometimes he has to allow a little pain to deliver us from a greater pain. Have you ever had a thorn or splinter in your hand, your finger, your toe, your foot? You you know how painful it is. But but think about how painful it would be if you continued to let that little teeny tiny splinter remain in your finger. Now, I can remember when our kids or our grandkids got a splinter in their finger. They'd come to Gail. They didn't want to come to me. I said, come to me. I'll jerk it out. (laughs) That was not plan A. So they'd always go to Gail, and they'd come wimping. Mimi, I got this thorn. I I got this splinter in my finger, and I want you to get it out. And she'd take their finger, and she'd look at it and wiggle it and try to squeeze it out. And most of the time, that would never work. So what she would do is say, I got something to get it out. And she'd get a pair of tweezers, and and, and that was, listen, that that was an exercise. And she would take that, and she couldn't get it. And she said, you know... I'm going to have to get a little little pen, a little needle, get that thing out. And let me tell you something, just the thought of that. You would have thought she was going to perform some kind of amputation. <laughs> She'd go over there to the kitchen drawer slide with just a movement of the drawer. Oh, my goodness. They were speaking another language. <laughs> She'd get that pen out, and and she didn't stop there. Then she'd go over there, and she'd get the matches, and she'd strike a match. (laughs) She'd hold that needle over there, and and she'd look, and let me tell you, they were were, probably singing in Hebrew. I don't know what it was. She'd get the tip of that needle so, so hot, it turned black, and she'd walk over there, and I'm telling you right now, just the thought. She hadn't touched them. But just the thought of what was about to happen. Oh my goodness. It what that wasn't hurting anymore. <laughs> just just the thought of her lighting that match, walking over there and holding oh my goodness. They didn't want any part of that. But the thing about it is this. You've had that experience as well. Suppose you had a little splinter in your finger and you neglected it. And by the day it got worse. And then over a period of time, it it got infected. Now the splinter itself is painful. And getting it out may be more painful. So I want you to consider something this morning. Consider when God sends a storm in your life, what he really may be doing is pulling out some splinters. He may be pulling out some thorns. He knows how to get our attention. Sometimes he has to do that. He knows what to do to bring us to our knees and to bring us to a spirit of prayer when he can talk to us. So remember when God sends some storms in your way, It is way probably past time for us to stop, slow down, and listen. So if you're where you need to be in your life, you're doing what you need to be doing, remember this, storms could be moving in because God may be saying this. After you have given him your to-do list, God may send a storm. He may be saying this, hey, I want to talk to you. And the response needs to be, okay, God, I get it. And I am here, present, and accounted for. Speak, Lord.
thy servant heareth. Now, the second thing I want you to look at today is this. Okay, we get this. There's prayer in the storm. But then there's also peace in the storm. In verse 25, the word says, For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifted up the ways thereof. In verse 29 and 30, he maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. So let me ask you this question. Doesn't happen often, but I wonder how many of you out here today, you've ever taken the time to bask in the wonderful purity of silence. With God. Think about this. The wonderful purity of silence. Most of us don't know what silence is. But have you ever enjoyed a moment when you laid down? Maybe you, you or you sat down in your favorite chair and you didn't you didn't turn the TV on. You just you just sat in the chair. Nobody else was there running through the house. Maybe intentionally you turned off your phone, you Shut down Facebook. Now, I know that would cause a major, a major problem in some of your lives. Shut down Facebook. My goodness. You, I think if some of you, if you were to shut down Facebook in your lives, you, you, you would walk around here all day long. Your thumbs would just be twitching. Because what you would be doing, you'd be scrolling to nothing. If you were to shut it down, but think about it. You sat in your favorite chair, lay back on the couch, didn't turn the TV on. Nobody was in the house. You shut down Facebook, closed down the internet. You pulled the shades. I mean, where it was just you and quietness. I know I and you probably, we rarely get moments like this, but whenever I find a quiet place, I'm talking about, where there is absolutely, and I can pretty much, that can happen to me on a regular basis. All I got to do is take out my hearing aids and I am done. I am totally done. I can pretty much have a quiet time anytime I want to. But speaking for the most part of us, when I do take moments to have quiet times, which is rarely... What I enjoy most of all is a peace. Are you just take a breath and enjoy a moment of silence? Listen, I think, I think that's what we need to do when God sends a storm into our life and he has our attention. We know we're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing. And, and, and God is saying this, listen, you talk to me this, that, and the other for this, that, and the other all these times a day, but now I want to talk to you. I think that's, listen, try that sometimes. When you feel on the inside that the Spirit of God is saying, I want to talk to you. You say, well, how do I know when he wants to talk to me? My sheep know the, my voice. You, listen, on the inside, if you're saved, you know the voice of God. You know when he's speaking. And when he's trying to get your attention and he wants to speak, try this. Try to find that place of solitude. Speak, Lord. Try to find that peace. Okay, Lord, you've got my attention. I'm so thankful to know that if God brings a storm in my life, when I am cooperating with the Holy Spirit, I'm trying my best to line up with the Word, and I'm trying my best to let somebody see Jesus in me, I know I'm doing what's right. I'm so thankful that even when those things are happening, that when God sends a storm into my life, and I realize that it's not because of chastisement, it's not to teach me a lesson, but God is sending a storm in my life because he wants me to bask in his glory. He wants to show me his purpose Listen, I know this, that as fast as God sends the storm, he can also 
take it away. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 and 27, I want you to see this. And, and we have all referenced this passage in many different ways before, but let me read through this because this is a time where they were in a physical billow of storm. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, and so much that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, The Lord save us, and we, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? If you do not know, listen, it was Jesus who allowed this storm to happen in the first place. He allowed this storm to happen to teach his disciples a great lesson on faith. But he had no intention of leaving his disciples in the storm. Let me share something with you very important. When the storms of your life take place and you are overwhelmed on the sea of life, we are far more secure in the storm with Jesus in our boat than to be on the shore without him. Can somebody say amen? I want you to look at this. Some people may say, Lord, I'll follow you if you would only give me a weather report first. Now, I don't, storms are not on my, I don't do storms, God. So, I, yes, I'll take up this cross and I'll follow you. Give me the weather report first. I, I don't want any high winds. I don't want any rough seas. I don't want any desert sands. Lord, I, I don't want to do all that stuff. I, I'm not, I'm not going in a storm, Lord. Try your best to remember this. There's no safer place in all of the world than to be in a storm that God created than in a storm that you created. Amen? So in the storm, remember, pray. And not always to do the talking. Sometimes we need to pray to do the listening. There's peace in the storm. But then number three, there's purpose. There's purpose in every storm that God allows in our life. In Psalms 107 verse 30, the word says this, Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Look at this carefully. The Lord not only sent these people into a storm, the Lord not only brought these people out of the storm, but when he brought them out of the storm, he took them exactly where they needed to go, their desired haven. And this storm, listen, it brought a change. It brought about a change in their direction. L let me say this, that storms sh should never leave us in the same condition when we come out as we, when we went in. It should never happen like that. It's like this, even salvation. The Bible says this, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away and all things become new. So that means when we were lost, we were one way. When we got saved, we went another way. So even in salvation... Lost is one thing, saved is another. But listen, when you are lost and then you get saved, your direction is totally different. And so it was like that in, in the life of the prodigal son. He, he got in the hog pen, yes, but when the scripture says he came to himself, he got out, he went into a different way. Storms produce change in our life. And if you truly want to be in the center of God's will, after your storm, listen, Retain, this is something worth remembering. When you come out of your storm, retain the spiritual lessons that you learned while you were going through it. Retain them.
Learn from them. And this will get you, I think it'll affect you in a different way. Now, I want to close with this and ask the musicians to come. So in the practical counseling for us today, listen carefully. When God sends a storm into our life, we need to pray and not always do the talking, sometimes do the listening. So there's prayer in the storm, there's peace in the storm, there's purpose for the storm, and lastly, there is praise in the storm. There can be praise when God commands a storm to come into your life. In Psalms 107, verse 31 and 32, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. What should we do when we find ourselves in the fierce storms and then into a peaceful oasis? In Psalms 107, verse 8 and 9, this is what the word says. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Listen carefully. What I'm about to say right now in some way or another affects everybody in this auditorium and especially, I believe, in some way or another, everyone that's watching by internet today. So listen carefully. When we have been imprisoned by some kind of an addiction, and you might say, well, that takes me out. I promise you in some way or another, most people in this auditorium have been struggling or you have struggled in the past or you're struggling now with some kind of an addiction. I don't need to take that any further. I think we all know what I'm talking about. But when we have been imprisoned by some kind of an addiction or we have allowed the enemy to torment us with some kind of memory of the past, and believe you me, all of us have a past. And the tempter and the enemy, the evil one, listen carefully, there is nothing he thrills in any much more and tormenting us with a memory of the past. So when we are imprisoned by some kind of an addiction or tormented with some kind of memory of the past, or we are afflicted with some kind of infirmity, and there are a lot of us here today that are different in life, who are different in health, than we were 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. We're different. And, and, and we have been afflicted by that. At the same time, listen, when we have been imprisoned by some type of an addiction or tormented by some kind of past memory or afflicted by some kind of infirmity or even delivered from some of, some of our enemies, where we have been brought into a closer relationship with the Lord, what should we do? I will tell everybody in here today to get your praise on. To get your praise on. You can, listen, you can shout it out, you can pray it out, you can cry it out, you can dance it out, but however you want to respond to it, listen, when God intervenes in your life and he brings you out of the storm. Retain the purpose, retain the spiritual lesson because the devil's over here on the sideline laughing. He's the, he knows, God, if you just remove the heads, he'll curse your name. If you just take your hand off of her, she will turn her back and God brings you through the storm of life and the devil's over there saying, watch this, God. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, thank you, Jesus, heavenly father. I praise your name. I'm not letting the devil get the victory I'm going to get my praise on and I'm going to thank you God from whom all blessings flow somebody oh oh 
get your praise on in verse 15 and 16, Psalms 107. All that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron to sunder. Let me say when you're closing, when you're closing your Bible here today, listen carefully. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever the storm that you're in, if you somehow feel helpless and overwhelmed, let me tell you this, you have become eligible for the mighty assistance of God from whom all blessings flow. All you need to do is cry out to him. And listen, when you cry out to him, he will do what he wants to do in his own perfect time. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. If you wait and don't rush him, he'll do it. Now, he's, he's not your magic genie closed up in this, in this book. Don't do this. I'm in trouble, God. Do something. It'll never happen. He's not a magic genie. God doesn't do magic tricks. But he'll perform miracles. You say you still believe that. You better believe I do. How do you know God still works miracles? Because you're looking at one right now. I am a miracle of his sovereign grace. Because I remember the day that I was on my road to hell. But he picked me up out of a horrible pit. He put my feet upon a rock. He put a new song in my mouth. And he established my goings. That, my friend, is a miracle. And he'll do the same for you. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.